people always say kids are spoiled now. Guess what? Fine, parents were spoiled when I was growing up. Because now parents have to buy their kids Xbox, video game. My parents bought us a 20 cent ball, a pink ball, and threw it in the street and said, when that sun goes down, then I want to see you, not before then. There's a fair amount of truth to that. And, uh, and I'm participating in it like a lot of people are. I don't know how I just got sucked along by the momentum. The bedtime thing, too, I always think about Jerry Seinfeld. That's Colin Quinn, a comedian there who's friends with Jerry Seinfeld, who talks about the whole bedtime routine and with his kids. It's like bedtime, it's like three hours long. <gasps> the reading and the drinks and the snacks and the tucking in and the stories and the checking on you. You know what my nighttime story was? Darkness! <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. When my bedtime routine, I remember as a little kid, just uh, time to go to bed. Brush get in your bed. teeth. See you in the morning. Right. <laughs> that was pretty much it. It was an all-night affair. Anyway, that's kind of funny. Oh, and I wanted to get this on the air. It's kind of apropos of nothing. This is the mayor of Cleveland. Um, Well, we'll just play it and then discuss. And even though Cleveland is perceived to be the the butthole of the world sometime, right? The mayor of Cleveland saying, even though we're perceived to be the BH of the world. Did I just hear what I think I heard? We probably shouldn't. And even though Cleveland is perceived to be the the butthole of the world sometime, right? We can only defend Um, playing that because that's the actual city official, um, the mayor of the city of Cleveland. uh, Your Honor, I've been to Cleveland. I I know Cleveland reasonably well. I I did not find it to be the 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 latter end of the intestinal tract or, or the world. Why would you say that? It, it, it is indeed not the anus of America. It is a lovely city. You know, lots of people <laughs> not, think not of a, America of the world. Well, right the the BH of the world, which seems unnecessarily harsh. I, I'm yeah. not sure that's going to raise the spirits of the people of Cleveland, nor be greeted warmly by the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> Come visit the butthole of the world, Cleveland. Boy, um, I hate to see the T-shirts they're going to sell to oh, tourists. That's yeah. <laughs> From the mayor of Cleveland to the governor of New Jersey. I thought this was interesting. Editorial in the Washington Examiner. Are social gatherings infectious? Apparently not if the governor likes your politics. This is the story, and it's uh, come up a lot of, uh, oh, so we, we can't do this, we can't do that. But apparently people can riot in the streets or march together or whatever if you agree with their policy. <clears throat> I don't think it's as clear cut as that and that you got you got a, a real venting that needs to happen over a very serious issue of the state taking people's lives. Right. Um, you don't let people demonstrate uh, and, and petition for the redress of their grievances. You're going to have a war, which is the same thing we were saying when the insufferable half-wit governor of Cal Unicornia was saying people can't rally to reopen the economy. Too dangerous. But the, Inexcusable. The dismissive tone that the New Jersey governor uh, went with, it's one thing to protest what day nail salons are opening. It's another to come out and peacefully protest about somebody who was murdered right before our eyes. Wow, that is insufferable. And uh, that has happened with mayors and and, and governors and, and, and pundits all across America of this just having no respect for the idea of someone own, starting, running, owning a business and it being their livelihood and trying to make a go of it. Just The smug and wealthy... Media people and government officials who 
scoff at you trying to make a living. Can you imagine singling out nail salons? Now, listen, I, I don't play the color card a lot, but I mean, those are almost entirely low-income immigrant families and trying as, desperately to make their way. And as we learned yesterday from the Wall Street Journal, the, the, they don't make a lot of profit, most of these businesses, right. and they have very little money on hand right. for a crisis. Yeah, but you and your protest over when you're going to open your stupid little nail salon, just know that the governor of New Jersey is spitting on you. Yeah, I thought that was pretty rough. I'd say that that is that is hard to take. And 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 when you call them out on the illogic of a lot of their policies, they'll say, well, you know what, we'll study it for another couple of weeks. Meanwhile, these poor business owners, small business owners, entrepreneur hustlers that, that, that make America great are saying, I don't have two weeks. I don't have two weeks for y'all to lounge in your comfy chairs at your damn council meeting discussing this like it's just one more academic, you know, chat there at the faculty lounge. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, troubling and, but, but, and also not surprising. Um, so the idea of the NBA coming back, but this hour, by the way, we're going to get back into the, the New York Times reversing field on their opinion about op-eds right in a disturbing way for free speech they have made an announcement that will stun you if you haven't heard this yeah Um, and you hate to be stunned especially on a friday but the nba is coming back what do you mean especially on a friday i think a lot of people are hoping to be stunned by tonight (laughs) i guess we're using the word slightly differently but i see your point I'm. I may myself be somewhat stunned. Look up the definition of stunned. I'm. <laughs> I'm or going stunned to be or stunned. Joining some friends for a little uh, to try tip, I believe, and uh, perhaps what are you uh, joyful libations. With? Knock unconscious or into a daze or semi-conscious state. Yeah, you won. You absolutely. Win. You're right. The, 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 I know when I'm beat. Yeah. <laughs> Half the people listening right now. The whole point of today is to get to stunned. <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, So the NBA is coming back, which is kind of exciting, and we're all wondering, what what are the rules? How are you going to do it? Well, this is the commissioner of the NBA on that. But there are also people involved in this league, particularly some of the coaches who are obviously older people, and we also know people at any age who have underlying conditions are more more vulnerable. So we're going to have to work through protocols, and it may be, for example, Certain coaches may not be able to be the bench coach. They may have to retain social distancing protocols. So the super old coach who you keep around to be nice is kind of a retirement package for the old guy. He's not going to be there. Shouldn't they leave that up to them, the coach? Make it infinitely clear there can be no repercussions if you are an at-risk person and you say, I can't be there, can I be? Can I coach remotely? They're you know, strict league rules. It's a private enterprise. They can set that rule. I mean, I know baseball, which is floundering and trying to get back to business, they have said anybody who's on this at-risk list, you don't have to work. You will still get paid. We understand completely you're cool. Um, you'd think the NBA would do the same thing. If I'm a 77-year-old basketball coach, I live for More this. More chest passes. <laughs> Whatever happened to the bounce pass? The three-man weave. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't anybody use the backboard? Uh, well, right. If if you want to coach, let them coach. It's their own decision. Quit telling me how to manage my life. Um, but everybody's got the same question. I still wonder how they're going to happen. What if a player tests positive for uh, the corona? 
You know, we've been dealing with a group of our experts plus public health authorities down in Florida now, and the view is that if we were if we were testing every day and we're able to trace, in essence, the, the contacts that player has had, we're able to, in essence, contain that player, you know, and, and separate him from his team, and we're continuing to test every day. Um, the, the belief is we would not have to shut down if a single player tested positive. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong answer. Here's what you do if one player comes down with the COVID. You go right at him. You take it right to the rack. Same as if a guy's got a twisted ankle. You know, if they're dumb enough to put them in, we're going to exploit it. We're going to go right at them. Well, since 80 to 95% of us don't show any symptoms if we have the COVID, so LeBron James tests positive, he's got no symptoms. He feels perfectly fine. He says, check it again. Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, that's how fine he feels. But he's not going to play for two weeks, which would be an entire round of the playoffs. That's until he what, tests negative. That's what you do. You don't send a, a COVID-positive person to LeBron's dinner party the night before the game. You get a crooked guy to say that, no, you're testing positive. Yeah. You, get, you get a guy on the testing committee yes. who's secretly a Bucks fan, and all of a sudden, no, no, every, who's, who are we playing this week? Oh, look, look, half the team, all testing positive. I'm da, just, that would work. Signed, the Russian Olympic team. <laughs> I'm, not just, I'm, I'm not just throwing this out to, to just as a thought experiment to be a pain in the ass. I think this is going to happen with one of the star players that will alter the who wins the championship. I mean, there's only f- yeah, it's, it's it's entertainment. Who cares? Well, I know, but it's it's gonna make the, the it's gonna make the tournament pretty wacky, isn't it? I just hope Stephen A. Smith doesn't yell about it. <laughs> That's a joke. If you know his act, he yells about everything. Oh, if he, you can ask him what time it is, he'll yell at you. Who's, screaming who's, A. Smith. Who's gonna feel <laughs> like? Right, yeah. Who's gonna feel like it was a legitimate NBA playoffs or it's a legitimate title if LeBron tests positive and <laughs> the doesn't team get to, wins it? Who doesn't get to play for three? <laughs> hey, weeks. what are you gonna do? It's like uh, you know when the the weather's bad, uh, miserable at a golf tournament. You got everybody. You got to play. Yeah, I guess the counter to that. What else would you do? Mm-hmm. Ignore it and let him play. I suppose you can't do that. That's not even an option. Yeah, yeah. You remember the uh, 1984 title winner, right? Skank no, with neither COVID. does anybody else. It doesn't matter. You gotta, get, you gotta get a skank with COVID and run at some of these NBA players. <sighs> you just gotta. I'm not sure we had to go there. Always with the skanks. How about a, how about a waiter or a <laughs> or, or, or or bribe one of their friends? Why the skanks? The NBA has a certain reputation. Hmm. Little skank heavy. Well, yeah. This is is this skank shaming? I'm I'm for skankery, so oh um, the pro skank lobby amongst us. Well, <laughs> the, the, the players themselves are skanks, but so yeah, it, it works both directions. There's, there's there's a lot a lot of rough verbiage flying around. <laughs> I think maybe we go to break and have a little team meeting. Let's what? call timeout. The coach is going to draw something on the blackboard. Hey, oh, twenty or a full? Let's try to be nice. <laughs> the the uh, New York Times reversing direction on their policy for op-eds is absolutely amazing, damaging to all of journalism. Oh, man. And, uh, well, it's just it's bad all the way around. If you haven't heard it, stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, I will commend the New York Times leadership. You know, we obviously don't agree on very much, but in this case, they ran my opinion piece, with which they disagreed, and they've stood up to the woke progressive mob in their own newsroom. So I, I commend them for that. 
Yeah, Whoops. that didn't last very long. <laughs> so I want to get to the, get through this fast, the setup to get to some of this stuff from Barry Weiss. She's with the New York Times, right? And she is, um, yeah, she's one of their opinion writers. And she is uh, taking some heat for some of the things she's saying about her own publication. But anyway, so the New York Times stood by the complaints from within their own newsroom and published an op-ed, as they should have, from a sitting U.S. senator who was making the argument that we should put military on the streets. Don't get hung up on that. You either agree with that or you don't agree with it. The thing is that it's a sitting U.S. senator is proposing a policy in uh, the most important newspaper in America. And so they published it. And the bosses at the New York Times said early in the day, Times opinion owes it to our readers to show them counter arguments, particularly those made by people in a position to set policy. Well, the newsroom erupted. They were very angry that their newspaper was printing. I'll just read you uh, one of them, for instance. Um, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but to not say something would be immoral. As a black woman, as a journalist, as an American, I'm deeply ashamed that we ran this. 800 employees of the New York Times signed a letter saying that the New York Times should not run that piece. 800 employees of the New York Times. That's a big organization. Signed a letter saying that we're horrified that you ran this op-ed piece. So the New York Times uh, brass backed down and later in the day ran this or said this. We've examined the piece in the process leading up to its publication. This review mode this review made clear that our rushed editorial process led to the publication of an op-ed that did not meet our standards. And did not meet our standards. They're gonna Interesting. Be, they're going to be more careful in the future, and they're going to cut back on the number of op-eds that they publish. Uh, w- what is that? Where did that come fewer from? Fewer voices, Jack. Certainly fewer that disagree. We need to present a unified front. So here's another uh, journalist at the, the New York Times who doesn't agree with the 800 who signed off on that. The civil war inside the New York Times between the mostly young wokes, mostly 40-plus liberals, is the same one raging inside other publications and companies across the country. The dynamic is always the same. The mostly young wokes and the 40-plus liberals are not getting along anywhere in America. The old guard, uh, she goes on to write, the old guard lives by a set of policies we can broadly call civil libertarianism. They assumed they shared that worldview with the young people they hired who called themselves liberals and progressives, but it was an incorrect assumption. The new guard has a different worldview, one articulated best by uh, Jonathan Haidt and Greg uh, Lukianoff. They call it safetyism, in which the right of people to feel emotionally and psychologically safe trumps what were previously considered core liberal values like free speech. God, I would say not only should it not trump it, the idea that you're you're you feel emotionally unsafe by an article from a senator, a sitting US senator advocating policy, that shouldn't even be heard. That's insane. You know what the New York Times used to do? Uh they would have some other heavyweight, maybe another senator who's against this write an op-ed piece right next to it, and you read them both and make no, a decision. No, no, too dangerous. Uh, Barry Weiss goes on to tweet, Perhaps the cleanest example of this dynamic was in 2018 when David Remnick, under tremendous public pressure from his staffers, disinvited Steve Bannon from appearing on stage at the New Yorker Ideas Festival. But there are dozens and dozens of examples. 
I've been mocked by many people over the past few years for writing about the campus culture wars. They told me it was a sideshow, but this was always why it mattered. The people who graduated from those campuses would rise to power inside key institutions and transform them. Thank you, Ms. Weiss. It's a very good point from people who say, it's a few people on college campuses. It's not a big deal. Most of America doesn't agree. Now, these are the people that are going out and, 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 you know, Getting into management in your business or or running the newsroom at the New York Times. As we've been warning you for quite some time. I'm in no way surprised by what has now exploded into public view. In a way, it's oddly comforting. I feel less alone and less crazy trying to explain the dynamic to people. What I'm shocked by is the speed. I thought it would take a few years, not a few weeks. Wow. Here's Here's one way to think about what's at stake, she says. The New York Times motto, all the news that's fit to print... One group emphasizes the word all, the other the word fit. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it is scary. And you know what's so odd and so shocking to old guard liberals um, is that when the right had the authority, they were howling that they must be allowed to express dissent. And they, to their credit, whether you're looking at Bill Maher or whomever, are saying, okay, now there are a lot of lefties in charge of le- uh, stuff, but we got to let people, you know, howl their dissent, obviously. And the young guard is saying, no, we don't. Not only do we not have to, we shouldn't because it's scary or dangerous or hurts my feelings or what have you. It's a terrible development. All you can do is fight it. Like she said, maybe this happens slowly over years, but it just happens in a couple of weeks. And they actually changed their op-ed policy over this. Wow. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I realize you're all looking to get stunned tonight. I don't want to be uh, the buzzkill that's... Uh, you get because we got something fun on the way, but a quick follow up on the whole New York Times. There's no time for fun. These are serious times. The New York Times changing their op-ed policy, uh, saying they made a mistake in running a senator's op-ed. Wow! Advocating a specific policy. Steve Hayes was uh, going crazy yesterday on the Twitter because he got very angry back in February. Well, I'll just read his tweet. Back in February. The New York Times published an op-ed by, do you remember Mr. Haqqani, leader of the Al-Qaeda terror oh, right. network that has blown up so many of our soldiers over many years on the Pakistani-Afghanistan border? At the time, the U.S. government was offering $10 million for information on his whereabouts. The New York Times did not disclose this. And it goes through all the different things that Haqqani had done and uh, was known to have done by the New York Times and admitted to the New York Times that they didn't include in the, like, he didn't publish an op-ed, and then they say, by the way, he has uh, planned and committed the murders of the, all these different people. Mm-hmm. Um, just left that out of the article for whatever reason. Um, and Steve Hayes said, if any New York Times employees objected to their paper publishing terrorist propaganda, we never heard about it. But more than 800 New York Times employees signed a letter objecting to an op-ed by a sitting U.S. senator. Worth a moment's reflection. I would say... I mean, it's perverse. It's 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 so far out of bounds. You realize, whoa, we're on dangerous ground here. That's just astonishing. Yeah. You know, one more thought. We got this note from John in Idaho. Guys, there's a movement now for white women to shave their heads to show solidarity with BLM. Ironic. That How does that now liberal woman would want to look like skinheads? 
I think a Mo from the Three Stooges do would be funnier. I'm not sure they're going for funny, John, uh, but we appreciate the yeah, thought. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the goal. Speaking of funny. Yeah, listen, uh, too much serious stuff going on in the world. I think we're all getting a little worn out. Uh, what are you in the mood for? I know what I'm in the mood for. A couple old men yelling at each other. What could be more delightful? So uh, the mayor of New York City, uh, back in a day, Rudy Giuliani, who has now become uh, the president's lawyer, spokesperson at Times, was on Piers Morgan's show for quite a long interview. But it got increasingly combative and degenerated into what follows. We will be uh, pausing and analyzing, Sean, so have your finger at the ready. Rudy Giuliani, Piers Morgan. Rudy, I'm sorry, but you, was over as far as I'm you sound completely barking mad. Do you know that? <laughs> no, I don't. You've you lost the plot. Like a big You've liar. lost the plot. And it's sad to see. You, 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 you're the one who got thrown off the television here. Yeah. Because you had ratings that were about two. Yeah. So don't tell me I've lost anything. You keep going, Rudy. I know what happened to your show, Pierce. Yeah. And I remember the mistakes you made. I remember. I remember how you sucked up. Yeah, well, I remember. So don't give me that stuff. I know who you are. Well, we'd like you to apologize. You want about me. We'd like to apologize but for the language you just used. Okay, wait a second. What do you say? We're apologizing for what language? He said sucked up. Yeah, the way you sucked up. That's what I thought. uh, Piers and his co-host thought he dropped an F-bomb. Oh, okay. Um, We haven't heard from his co-host yet, but we will. But so, (laughs) yeah. uh, And it's so funny. I don't know why Piers is jumping in there, because I think he got a live one on the line there. You just back off and let him go. Well, I think he's he's, he's, uh, poking him with a stick just (laughs) often enough. I I remember how you sucked up. Yeah, well, I remember. So don't give me that stuff. I know who you are. Well, we'd like you to apologize. You want about me. We'd like to apologize but for the language you just used. president, and you are helping to create violence in this country with the way you're covering this. When and I used to interview you, when I used to interview you, you were an intelligent, reasonable man, and you've gone completely mad, and you sound no, deranged. I, you're you're abusive, saying that because I and don't it's really, it's really sad to see what's happened to you. It's really, it was really sad to see the way your career. Imploded in the United States, Pierce. Yeah. If you think I have any respect for you after this, well, maybe you don't care. Well, but okay. everyone in America knows you're a failed journalist. Really? So well, you know what? This feels like it's turned into a personal argument. You know what, Rudy? You two, and I'm not sure. You know what, Rudy? I had the. Wait a second, wait a second, baby. Get out of the way. This seems to have degenerated into a personal argument between you two, and I don't think our viewers want that. Yeah, yeah and it's all. What, no, are you do. kidding? <laughs> this, is a, this is the best show he's ever done. Well, maybe you don't care. Well, but okay. everyone in America knows you're a failed journalist. Really? So well, you know what? This feels like it's turned into a personal argument you know what, Rudy? between you two, and I'm not sure. You know what, Rudy? I had the I had the stomach to stand up and say that your gun culture is completely out of control. And unacceptable. And people like you kept telling me, don't be ridiculous. We're entitled to go on shooting each other all day long. Now so you're lying again. I will stand by well, what I did. Quote from me about your stupid comment. Okay. I didn't quote that. All right. I, I was quoted, nice enough to keep my mouth shut about you because I liked you. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? You've come on here. But you you've you been, were thrown out of your job. You've yeah. come on here. You've been rude and abusive. You sound unhinged. I haven't been rude. You've been you using profanity. And you were somebody I, I used to admire, Rudy. Tell me you were somebody I used to I admire. Okay. Rudy <laughs> Giuliani, thanks very much indeed. Too. What uh, profanity did I use, liar? Uh, what profanity did I use? Well, I don't think we can repeat it, unfortunately. No, I didn't use any profanity. What, okay, so what words did you use that we misheard in the studio? 
You tell me the profanity I use. Tell me that's exactly what you do to President Trump. Okay. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's some good journalism. Wow, Rudy does sound a little unhinged. (laughs) You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. Oh, I love the co-host. I think this has become a personal (laughs) argument. You do? (laughs) That's why I tuned in. When did you notice? (laughs) Oh, old men yelling at each other. Oh, yeah? Well, you got fired. (laughs) (laughs) Your show sucked. What? That's fantastic. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, that was refreshing, wasn't it? We're going to see if we can come up with something similar every Friday. Old men yelling at each other. So, uh, on the way, there's a new moon out tonight that you need to hear about. <laughs> One of those stories. The moon is actually uh, stunning this morning. Oh, wait till tonight. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strawberry moon. Yes, last night was nothing. Just last night was tonight. no moon at all. It's a, harvest, moon it's a harvest strawberry moon. Oh, night. that's nice. The moon will be bright red and have seeds on it. Trust me. Stay up all night. Sounds like a scent or a flavor I would like. Hold your breath. Strawberry moon? Harvest strawberry? It's like an ice cream. Yeah, that does sound good. An aggressive scent. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're changing police policies some places. Uh, Texas is talking about uh, bystanders. If you're a policeman and your partner is doing something you shouldn't do, they got, they got a plan for dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Out of what happened in Minnesota, those guys being charged this week. Oh, and what, what a couple of those cops said in the courtroom yesterday, which is pretty interesting. Right, right. And uh, some of the the moves uh, or advocated policies for law enforcement reform strike me as excellent and overdue. Some of them strike me as insane, and anybody who would be a cop with them in existence would be insane. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, we'll go through that. Uh, Who wouldn't want to have Rudy Rudy Giuliani on their show? I mean, it's almost guaranteed to be entertaining, right? Yeah, in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's Rudy's age compared to Joe Biden? They're about the same. I mean, Rudy was sharp as a tack in 01, no doubt. That's the thing with your, your mental faculties is they, they go at different times for different people. And, uh, and you know, sometimes it's slowly and sometimes it's fast. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's disturbing. The thing that I worry about is there, uh, and I haven't, it's been years since I read this, but there is uh, an actual syndrome where, you know, the whole get off my lawn thing. Men tend to, as they age, get grumpier yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't exactly come into the game super cheery. So, <laughs> I'm a little, so don't tell me I've lost anything. I was born annoyed. So I, um, why are these lights so bright? Whose idea was it? God, I'm blind. I'm blind. Those were my first words. Um, did I, I worry about that. Giuliani is 76. Biden is 77. There you go. They really ought to be in Central Park playing chess. Yeah. <laughs> Pigeons. Exactly. Yeah. Don't feed the pigeons. The rats with wings. <laughs> Crap uh, all over the place. Carry disease. So more on all these things we just mentioned on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
In the city of Los Angeles, Mayor Eric Garcetti looks out across the worst rioting in the nation's second largest city in a generation, in almost 30 years. His conclusion? We need far fewer police. It could have been better if they hadn't been there. Garcetti has announced he's going to cut funding for law enforcement. I want you to know we will not be increasing our police budget. How can we at this moment? Our city, through our city administrative officer, identify $250 million in cuts so we could invest in jobs, in health, in education, and in healing. And that those dollars need to be focused on our black community here in Los Angeles as well as communities of color and women and people who have been left behind for too long. And will this involve cuts? Yes, of course, to every department, including the police department. Yeah, he is a utopian fool. It, that That is just yeah, la-la land. I, I, didn't, I, I know there are people that think that sort of thing, but I didn't know you could end up in charge of a giant city. Yeah. Uh, yeah with with just, that kind of fanciful idea. Yeah. We're giving the police too much money. That's what the problem is. Right. What? There's crime because the police are there. <clears throat> now, yeah. I don't know what the damage, I haven't heard the damage costs for L.A. or Santa Monica or a lot of different places, but I know they, they put the, uh, the the price tag on Minneapolis was $55 million worth of damage. Wow. 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 That's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I guarantee it's that high, come to think of it. Um. Yeah, well, and and listen, there is a relationship between opportunity, poverty, crime, etc. Those things are are interrelated, obviously. But the idea that no, if we pump some money into some programs, we won't have as much crime. I mean, it'll directly bring it down and quickly enough that the dearth of police officers will be fine. There, it'll be fine. I mean, that is just that is unicorn riding. <clears throat> craziness let's let's play some more of this because I, I i haven't listened to these clips ahead of time but um some of these are more people talking about this whole defunding the police thing which is just craziness to me try 40 let's if see. it all seems like yet another episode of the silly and fleeting hysteria that sometimes grips our culture out of nowhere usually in lulls in the news cycle you should know that it's not that this is entirely real it is being pushed by serious people and they are deadly serious about it. Last night, for example, Brian Fallon, who was the press secretary of the Hillary Clinton for president campaign in the last election cycle, tweeted, quote, defund the police. Congressman Rashida Tlaib agrees. Expect more members of Congress to agree soon. Yeah, and there's a lot more people that, that well, here's some of their opinions. In some places, they're not talking, they're acting. Steve Fletcher represents the third ward in Minneapolis. He's on the city council there. By this week, his city had been completely scorched by riots. At least 66 businesses were utterly destroyed by fire. 300 more had been vandalized or looted. Fletcher didn't even mention that. Instead, he attacked the city's police department for trying to contain the violence. Quote, several of us on the council are working on finding out what it would take to disband the Minneapolis Police Department, end quote. You'd think people in the city would be shocked by that, but at least on the city council, everyone else nodded their approval. In the ninth ward, Councilwoman Alondra Kano tweeted this yesterday, quote, The Minneapolis Police Department is not reformable. Change is coming. According to City Councilman Fletcher, all nine members of the City Council are now considering getting rid of the Minneapolis Police Department. Disbanding the Police Department. I wonder what their plan is. Have the county sheriffs just pump them full of money? But why do you feel like they're... <clears throat> 
Well, I think their argument is, and and Lord knows, I don't know a lot about Minneapolis policing. Um, I'm not a a student of their department and its history, but uh, I guess they think the leadership is so corrupt or incompetent that, well, how about you just replace the whole leadership? They just think the culture is poisoned. So so that that can happen. You can have an institution that is so, uh, you know, shot through with people that have been involved in whatever it is, the Catholic Church at high levels, you know, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Got a clean house. There are quite a few uh, federal government agencies answer to that description, too. So if they're making that argument, but uh, a lot of the arguments I've seen across the country, like Mayor Garcetti was making in Los Angeles, they, they, they he and other people just seem to think the you know, the money needs to go toward job training and you know, up with this and up with that stuff. Because mm-hmm. well, because the that's police gonna, are constantly responding to joblessness. But that's going to re- that's going to replace <laughs> or eliminate the need for the police. I just I yeah. don't I don't find I don't find that a persuadable or a, a persuasive argument. You're going to bring uh, uh, happiness, joy, education, and jobs to the poor neighborhoods, which will stop crime or reduce it enough that you don't need the coppers. You know, that will have disastrous consequences for people of color. This is not the same thing, but it's in the same universe. Something Rush Limbaugh said yesterday. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I didn't hear it. I just saw it in a tweet. Rush Limbaugh today on the Mattis op-ed. Quote, unify the country. We're so far beyond that, it's laughable. Which is absolutely true. The objective right now is simple. It's to defeat the forces that are arrayed against us out there that are attempting to overthrow the Trump administration. Well, Jonathan Swan from uh, Axios, is that his? Yeah. Uh, he, he tweeted, uh, he retweeted Trump's quote and said, he may not be wrong. Many of Trump's opponents on the left make precisely that same argument. Yeah, so unify the country. What world are you living in where somebody's going to give a speech and unify the country? No, there's only one goal now. Each side sees the other side as destroying the nation, Mm -hmm. and they've got to be eliminated. That's our only hope. Yeah. Yeah, I I get that Mattis doesn't like the president and his style and questions policies and the rest of it, and he gets to. He's an honorable man. That's fine. But, yeah, and and I, I admire him. I still do. But. The idea that, yeah, we really need a, a president who really, you know, well, and the problem is lets down his guard and, and brings us all together. It's just, it's so not, I, was, I, I love the idea. I was thinking about this yesterday. Biden could be a, ca- a good candidate for that sort of thing. I just, it's, it's hard for me to picture what people are going to really hate on for Joe Biden, but here's what I think it will be because I don't think these passions are going to go away. Every, the, the idea that he's a one termer will be talked about constantly. Mm -hmm. And the battle for who's going to replace him is going to be on day one. It's going to be a four-year presidential campaign. Yes. That's what I think is going to happen. Clearly. Because Biden's just so, he's so benign. It's just, and he's only going to be there for four years. If that. I don't think he's got any grand, you know, plans for any giant changes or anything like that. I think it's going to be all about he's he's gone in four years. the The election starts now. For who's going to be on his side? Who's going to be on our side? Because Republican Party is going to have to completely remake itself. I don't know what it's going to be. That's you know, assuming Trump loses here, right? For this conversation, sure. I'm not assuming he's just going to lose. The purposes of the um, uh, discussion, yeah. All right. I just I think it would be a, a an open seat on both parties because the you're for the first time ever we're not going to have a 
Well, first time in a very long time. We're not going to have an incumbent president who's running again. Well, that's and then why the it's other so incredibly important right now who the Veep is, and that's why Kamala Harris would eat her own young. Right, so that's where it gets super, super heated again. And yours, It's going to be all again, uh, running against Kamala Harris as a sitting vice president, or right. whoever it is, I guess. I think yeah. that's where they, the passion's going to come from. Cory Booker is thinking, I have not yet begun to grandstand. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where the passion's going to be. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, Joe Biden. Uh, if look for you like long, you think two, three years is too long for a presidential race. Look forward to a starts at noon on Jan, on January twentieth. How about November fourth, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the day after yeah, the election? The day honestly. after the election, you'll have Cory Booker making speeches and and whomever else. Well, everybody, everybody who's got a sniff of the White House and wants it. Yeah, Joe. It's not clear to me whether Joe Biden's going to walk out of the uh, White House gates or, or through the pearly gates first. <laughs> Um, so. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Oh, boy. I know. Should you we do that fight next me? hour? We teased it. We, we we threatened it. Should we revisit the entire corn pop story? I love that, that idea. That sounds like a good time on a Friday. Yeah. And hey, listen, if you don't get the award winning fourth hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, it's always available via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. All of the podcasts are there. Uh, the extra large are one more thing, which generally speaking never hits the air. Um, and uh, we got some fun A&G swag for you, too t-shirts and the rest of it which helps pay the guys so uh we're not trust us we're not getting rich <laughs> which does he walk through first the white house gates or the pearly gates is that the way one uh, pundit put it more or less <laughs> broadcast reports claim blah 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 uh, yeah well i don't know and by the way what? i got hairy legs <laughs> okay that's a okay, different that's story nice, right grandpa. eat your applesauce that's a different story <laughs> Is that is that a different? I think that's no. a stay tuned. We'll find out. <laughs> that wasn't that the same day he was talking about the pool. It was the same day, but I think it's a different story. Armstrong and Getty.